podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank the Dolphins Talk Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And we're back with another FinFans podcast. This evening, I've got Daniel Reinhardt with me. What up, FinFans? And Louis Argoni. Hey there, Dolphins. How you doing, Dolphins? <laughs> okay, Louis. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, throw some humor into the show. It's the off season, so we could play a little bit. Uh-huh. Hey, I say this. I don't sound like I'm in a garbage can this week. I'd like Thank to God. apologize to everybody. Don't know what was going on with my mic last week, but I'm glad we got it fixed. Yes, we are very happy you got yes. it fixed. Yes, it was glad. a real strain trying to understand what was coming out of that uh, garbage can <laughs> that you were. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. So we asked for some questions, and uh, we got some questions. So we'll go ahead and uh, do those today. Um if you're not part of our Facebook group and you'd like to uh, send us a question, you're more than welcome to do so. You can send it to my Twitter, which is OmikeyBoy at the Twitter. We'll get it on the show at one point or another. Yeah, if it's a good question, we'll get it on the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, you we can don't also, take just any question. Yeah, you can we also follow do. the podcast at FinFansPodcast on Twitter. There yep. you go. You got it. So everybody's wondering, Dalvin Cook or Henry, or do you think they're going to get him? Who do you prefer? And all that kind of thing. So uh, Daniel, why don't you start off with that? Well, I'm, both of these guys are clear upgrades for our team, and both of these guys would give us something that we don't currently have. We have had the experience recently of having guys getting banged up and missing time. And for that reason... I think of the two, for me, it would be Derrick Henry. Based on that alone, Dalvin Cook brings an element out of the backfield as a receiver that Derrick Henry absolutely doesn't bring. But Derrick Henry is an entirely different type of animal. I would not scoff at either of these guys, but I got to be honest, if I had my guy to choose, uh, this isn't something that was talked about, you know, but there were rumors that Austin Eckler may be on his way out of LAC. That would be the guy for me uh, that I'd want. But of these two, look, Dalvin Cook is from the area. He's from South Florida. He actively wants to be in Miami. At least that's the rumor. There There was trade talks trying to get him to Miami already. Now, they couldn't agree on compensation, so that obviously didn't fall through. And I don't necessarily see the rumors that Derrick Henry is going to be released. I think of them, Dalvin Cook is much more reasonable as far as possible, I guess, much more possible. But I would be, I'd be extremely thrilled with either guy because they would, they would make our offense something that it just isn't at the moment. You know, it's an offense that can absolutely threaten on the ground with every snap of the football. I'd be elated to have either guy, but if I had my pick, it would be King Henry. You you can't stop the man, even after all the in other words, had. Uh, Eckler, Henry, and then Cook. Yep that that's the order I'd like him in: Eckler, Henry, and Cook. The problem, the thing about Henry is, he, you know, the zone offense. It's not exactly his style. He's more of a gap runner. So, but he could do it. I don't have any doubt about that. I have no doubt he can yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Eckler is my favorite of the experienced running backs that the conversation had been them leaving their team this offseason. And, and Cook would be third on the list, but I think he's the most likely. And frankly, I'd be so excited to have him. So it's a tough list to rank. It's a tough to say I want one more than the other, but yeah, I, I'd be thrilled. How about you, Lewis? 
Boy, my hypotheticals, hypotheticals, hypotheticals. This is what I like. I like, I'm going to look at numbers, right? I'm going to look at a Tennessee team that basically had nothing, right? Their receivers, uh-huh. you know, very subpar, no quarterback last year. Derrick Henry still put up over 1,500 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns, and averaged almost four and a half yards a carry. Now, Dalvin Cook, he has a lot of weapons around him. Uh, his numbers, you know, average per carry, 4.4, eight touchdowns. He had about 1,200 yards rushing. Derrick Henry is a game changer. Dalvin Cook is extremely good. But Derrick Henry in your backfield is a guy that you absolutely have to concentrate on. And with our wide receivers and the threat of them just beating you man to man on the outside, um, you know, takes the safeties out of the running game for the most part. I think that Henry, by far, if the Dolphins are in fact going to do something like this, I think that's the guy you definitely want. Um, you know, his numbers over the last, just listen to this, over the last five years, he's got 16, 17, 10, 13, and 12 touchdowns. So he's in double figures every single year in touchdowns. And that's what you want. You know, you want a guy inside the 10-yard line that's just going to be able to pound that it and get it. knows how to find the end zone. zone. Exactly. Yep. And again, not to say that Cook's a slouch by no means, but, you know, I think that, you know, you've got a game changer here. Um, I think Dalvin Cook a couple years ago was uh, probably right on par with him. You know, he had a 16-touchdown season in 2020, and he had over 1,500 yards rushing. But the last couple of years, they've been kind of subpar. And like I said, he's got weapons, you know, in that Viking offense. He's got a very solid quarterback. How's the offensive Um, line? The offensive line is not as good as Tennessee's. But, you know, Mike, that kind of all equals out when it's all said and done. Um, Tennessee last year, the only threat they had on offense was Henry, and he still put numbers up. It didn't matter. You know, yep. they, they couldn't Well, we've stop seen him. Henry run. It doesn't matter. He'll carry two guys. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and he's just, you know, he's in a whole different, you know, frame. I mean, he's a whole different type of running back. Now, you know, the thing that bothers me about all this, and I don't know, you know, what the situation is, but we've got, I know we have four guys on the contract that, under that, you know, uh, under contract at that position. And I don't know if they're guaranteed contracts or well, not. Well, Gaskin is not. They can release him at no cost. But the other three are. Yes. So you've already locked a decent amount of money into guys. So, you know, if in fact you do do something like this, it's probably something you should have done prior or at least, you know, well, left. They tried. They, they tried to get a uh, trade for Cook. Right. Uh, no, no, I totally understand that. But but if, in fact, they are going to continue to pursue, they probably should have left at least one window open, right? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they've closed four windows on the house right now. You know, you're going to have to open one up somewhere, possibly two, in order to get this guy in here. Because, I mean, once if, in fact, you do do something like that, then why would you need Mozart and why would you need Wilson and then Ahmed and and Gaskin, I mean, it, it just goes right well, down Well, you don't. You would lose one of them, most likely. Uh, possibly, know, that's, two. That's the way, yeah, possibly, but that, doubtful. Because There's you one gotta, football. You, you, you got to bring a certain amount of backs into, you know, on your roster. Well, absolutely, Mike. But, I mean, you're talking about, you know, one football. You got great receivers on sure. the outside. I mean, sure. really, do you really need? I mean, at that point, you almost have to trade you know, at least one or two of your guys that are on the roster because Henry's going to carry the ball 300 times. I mean, it's, you know, it's simple as that. This guy had 349 carries last year. And I mean, he's not a young guy anymore. McDaniel is <laughs> not going to run it 300 times. <laughs> no, he's not. But even if he runs it, you know, 200 plus, which, it, which is the reason you're likely. getting this yeah. guy. Sure. I mean, you know, it, it, you have to use him. I mean, you're not going to get him just as a threat. And have Tua drop him back 40 times a game at that point. Or right. else th- this is a mute converse. You know, it, it, the conversation in itself doesn't make any sense to bring this guy in if you're not going to, you know, use him on a consistent basis. So, you know, it'll open up the passing game as well. So, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's the aspect that makes it attractive to me. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. It, I think, Mike, any any aspect of of acquiring Henry, especially, is is a major asset to this football team. I mean, there's a few different avenues you can go down as to how it's going to help. You know, our offense. I mean, the offensive line is going to look a hell of a lot better behind. You know, with him yep. behind them. You know, yep. it's it goes on and on and on. So, uh, we'll see. Daniel, I got to say, I think that. You know, we talk about why did you bring four guys back and then you make this kind of move. I think if you can make a move like this, you do it and then you keep the best guys, right? That's a exactly. good problem oh, yeah, to exactly. have if you have right. a Jeff Wilson and a Mostart behind him. Because one of those guys, you know, it was likely going into this offseason that we wasn't going to re-sign a Gaskin or an Ahmed anyway. And when other opportunities didn't arise, you bring back the guys who know right? The guys who know the system, the guys who have played downs for you. So I think it was smart to do that, regardless of if maybe a couple of these guys don't perform the way we want to see them perform. Well, you do that because you don't know the likelihood of you getting those guys. You right. don't know the likelihood of you getting the better opportunity either. And so right. if that arises, you take it. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Who Of these guys, Mike, which one excites you the most? Has to be Henry. Yeah. He yeah. may not be the best for this offense, but the way he runs the ball is exciting. Yeah. You guys don't like Eckler? What's the deal there? Eckler's not going anywhere, Daniel. It's it's it, you're you you know, he's not going anywhere. Well, you're going to tell me it's a pipe dream, but you know, either of these guys Right. I mean, right? So, so I mean, to me, you know, I think that you know, with Tennessee in a rebuild mode, right? What what's the sense in holding on to Henry if you can get draft picks back from that makes hundred and ten percent. Um, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense all the way across the board. You know, Cook, you know, they've got an outstanding backup over there. Eckler, you know, San Diego's an up and coming team. I mean, they'd be foolish to 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 let a guy like that go. I mean they they have to bring him back because it's going to affect their passing game without the threat of him back there. He he was their best offensive player last year. That they'd be foolish to do that. I don't see him going anywhere. Speaking of passing games, what do you think the Dolphins will get out of Chosen Anderson, who they acquired? What's that? <laughs> who Chosen Anderson? Yes. Is that what you named him? Yes. <laughs> no, it's what he named himself. It's Robbie Anderson, or formerly Robbie Anderson. Oh, okay. So did did he legally change his name yes. like Duper did? Yes. So he's now chosen Anderson. Wait, yep. wait, wait. Don't bury the lead here. You said Duper changed his name? He did. Mark Super Duper. He he changed it to Super <laughs> du- He legally nice. changed nice. it to Super I didn't Duper. know that was legal. That's great. Yep. He infected that. Super Duper. The man, the myth, the name changing speedster. Oh boy, that Jim. Uh, well, never mind. We won't go down that road this week. But anyway, um, I, I, Mike, listen. You know, we we've we've been trying to cut corners. You know, in regard to uh, bringing in, you know, third legs. You know, for quite a while. So you know, it doesn't surprise me in the least. So you know, they throw things at the wall, and hopefully, you know, something sticks. Unfortunately, if you go down our list of wide receivers that we have brought in for, God, it seems like the last 10 years, you know, they've kind of all have underachieved to some extent, including Brandon Marshall, you know, who, who came here, he put up decent numbers. Yeah. You got a couple of thousand yard seasons out of him. Well, he did Mike, but he didn't do what they, they felt he was going into his prime and touchdown wise, he didn't score an awful lot of touchdowns. I mean, he was somewhat of a disappointment. The biggest here. problem with Marshall was he, at that point in time, he had some mental issues that he had to have looked at, and uh, his headspace wasn't where it should have been. Right, but the bottom line, Mike, <laughs> is yep. that he was. But how do you predict a, that? You know, <laughs> right? How did you predict? You know, our guy. I'm not going to mention his name, um, but you know, how did you predict him? You know, playing what in a game and a half? You know, we were all high on the guy that came over. From, uh, <laughs> the finger. You know, yeah, <laughs> finger. The finger. You know, the rotten finger, you know, so. That was a $10 million finger. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it goes back to even guys like, uh, oh, God, who was the Pittsburgh receiver? Mike that Wallace. Week? Yep. Mike Wallace. It just goes on and on and on. I mean, you know, it's just one guy after another. Um, and there's, there, I swear to God, there's at least 15 others 
over the court. You know, they bring in these veteran guys. Some of them don't even make the team out of uh, preseason. And some of them stay on and, you know, like Wilson. Is this a long way of saying you don't like the move? (laughs) What I'm saying is, is that it doesn't surprise me, you know. And, I mean, I know some people on the Facebook page were, you know, why the hell are they doing this? It's like, well, why are you surprised by this? I mean, it's no different than what they've done in years past. And this guy is a legitimate threat at, you know, getting down the field and catching the football. So you've got another guy that can kind of run. So that's a good thing, right? Oh, he can definitely run. He can run. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's not necessarily what I feel we need. I feel, I feel that we need a physical guy um, because we don't have that at the tight end position right now as well. So, you know, you're basically bringing in a bunch of guys that can run all over the field and are pretty fast, but there's no physicality. Um, in regard to our receiving, our receiving core. So, you know, the thing, that, the thing that I get concerned about, and then I'll let Daniel talk a little bit about this, is the fact that we have drafted young wide receivers as well, right? And maybe not in the first round, but second, third, fourth rounds. And, you know, we've, we've failed. You know, we talk about the offensive line all the time, but if you go back and you look at the receivers, you know, going back to Katu, whatever the hell his name was, and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, we, we've had failures, you know, in regard to the draft there. And it puts us in this position, you know, to where we don't have a guy that we have brought across, you know, brought brought along um, in regard to being drafted. You know, we're hoping that Easy e develops into that. But, I mean, a guy played a minimal amount last year as a rookie. So Yeah, but they knew he was not ready yet. They, You know, when they drafted him, they knew he was not ready yet. And I've heard that, Mike. You um, know, Ignew, the tight end. And yeah, this, know. You know, it goes Hunter Long. It, the list goes on and on and on. But not I everybody's going to turn into what you hope that they're going <laughs> to turn into. The problem well, one. is – Let's They're get missing one. a lot of them. Let's yeah. get one, you know, let's get one. Yeah. So that's the reason that we have to turn the free agency to get some depth. And, on and a the thing is, Lewis, not, not to backtrack too much, but, you know, when, when you see that guys not developed the way they think they will, then you, then you question, well, was it the GM, dra- you know, drafting a player he shouldn't have drafted? Or is it a coaching staff not capable of developing the player properly? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, well, that, yeah, nobody knows. That's that's a sixty-four thousand dollar question. That's you know that's a question, but but if in fact you look, Mike, and I mean, I think this will answer your question to some extent in regard to that. You have not seen any of these guys that we have brought in as you know as draftees uh, go elsewhere and um, succeed. Light, light it up. So. Yeah. You know, that, well, not light it up, but I mean, not even be on a roster to some extent. So, you know, I think it's a situation where, you know, you probably blame the drafting more so than you do the coaching, you know, Um, you know, just simply for that reason. You know, it's, you know, that's a point that you have to look at, that none of these guys have gone elsewhere and picked up by a football team and have excelled in any way, shape. That's exactly how you look at it. Anyway, go ahead, Daniel. What do you got? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, uh, you know, <laughs> here's what I was thinking. Uh, twofold. One, we, we was talking about Brandon Marshall not being in a good headspace. And all I could think was, what does your headspace got to be in to rename yourself chosen? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, I'll, I'll answer the question since Lou uh, took the scenic route. This dude ain't going to do anything. Like he's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's not gonna last. He's not gonna be the guy that he could have been when he was first brought into the league. He's been a disappointment, and I don't expect anything less this year. All right, this is a really interesting question, and uh, it was sent by Mark Rutherford. And the question is, how have your expectations and feelings changed uh, toward the team during the course of your life supporting them? Woo. Okay, so what was that according to your life? Yeah, in other words, over the course of your over life the course of being a of Dolphin your, oh, okay. fan, how has you your fandom to, changed? Over the course of your life. I'm sorry, yep. I misunderstood what you said. Right. Oh, so, boy. All right, go ahead, Dan. So I'll touch on this first because my life has been shorter so far than both of you fellas. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, mine will be a much shorter answer. Uh, great question. It really is. For me, I'm, I'm just into my early 40s, right? So. When Marino was around, 
expectations wasn't really something that I held, right? I just, I just enjoyed sports more than held expectations of them. I just enjoyed watching the Dolphins more than held expectations for them. I didn't know really what that even meant. I've had seasons in which I expected great things from our team. I have seen us make the playoffs several times, but it amount to nothing. Being a part of the podcast, being a part of the group over the last five or six years or however long that it's been, expectations have begun, began to formulate for me much more than they did even in my early 30s because really I was always a Dolphins fan, but I was never invested in what do I expect from them, right? I've got to say that where we are at now as a, as a franchise and my involvement in not just fandom, but also in creating this podcast with you guys. I think my expectations now are higher than they've ever been. And I will be disappointed if we don't make a run. There's not, we don't have this giant window, you know, like I know people think that the window is not like one year. Some people don't think that it's just a single year, but for me, I don't, it's two two years. I don't think that it's very big. And regardless of how I, f- I do feel McDaniel is going to be a, g- a good coach in this league, I do think that he's going to do some good things in Miami. I don't expect him to be a two or three year and out kind of guy. And there are a lot of question marks surrounding the health of our quarterback. But with the way this team is built, with the, def- the new defensive coordinator come in, with some of the pieces that we have that are difference makers, Right, because we have difference makers. We have a couple of guys who need to be difference makers. Are you answering a question that was I, asked? I am. I am. Okay. And I said I'd be shorter uh, than <laughs> you guys. My expectations are higher now than they've ever been. And, and they've began to formulate, I've begun to formulate real expectations over the last several years. And I'm looking forward to watching us make a deep run. And we'll be disappointed if we don't. Now, has your expectations grown because you feel like the team is doing a better job or are you just paying attention more? There's a combination of those things, right? So when I was a little younger, when I was a kid, obviously I didn't care about any of that. And then when I was in college and in my 20s, I, you know, I didn't, my expectations for life didn't surround Miami football. I'm paying a lot more attention now. Uh, we're, we're creating the podcast for the listeners We're we're invested and, and I think we're doing a better job of building this team with playmakers. So I think we got the coach on the offensive side and the defensive side to do it. And, uh, yeah, I've definitely got high expectations for them now. Lewis. Mike, repeat the question. How have your expectations and feelings changed since you've become a fan? Expectations have changed. Well, I mean, we used to expect winning seasons every year. It was, you know, nothing short of that. And, you know, we've kind playoffs. of got, <laughs> Playoffs. Well, it was the playoffs pretty much every year. I mean, you know, from the, the 70s teams, you know, the, the conversion, you know, we had a couple of lean years, but, you know, even with Woodley, a quarterback, we went to the Super Bowl. We built a great defense you know, the killer bees. And then Marino came in and we were in the playoffs every year with him. And then, you know, it kind of went south thereafter. So, you know, when you're watching them from like, say the mid seventies until, you know, the mid nineties, when Jimmy Johnson came in, he actually put probably the best defense in football together at that point, but our offense struggled, but we, we were still able to, you know, make the playoffs and I believe one one or two of his seasons as well. So thereafter, it kind of went south. So, you know, obviously, you know, your expectations over my lifetime, you know, have changed quite a bit. You know, we've gone from expecting to make the playoffs or, you know, <laughs> being there every year to not being there every year for one reason or another. You know, we just seem to fall short consistently and we've kind of become numb to it um you know it's been frustrating you know they say the enemy of great is good what's that mike they say the enemy of great is good the enemy of great is good yeah it's hard to become a great team when you're a good team it's much easier if you're a bad team 
Yeah. Yep. That's absolutely a uh, very, very intellectual and very, <laughs> <laughs> very deep comment, but very true. So, you know, with all that being said, Mike, you know, I think, you know, and I, I feel that, you know, you'd probably answer this the same way. I mean, you know, we've talked, we've been friends since the early 80s. So we've gone through We've been this. friends since 1980. 1980. So you're talking, you know, 43 years of this. And, you know, our relationship, you know, we, we discussed the Dolphins over the last 43 years consistently, you know, whether it be off season or during the season, have, ten, have attended a million games. So, you know, I know your expectations, you know, are, are just like mine and, you know, what you expect out of the football team year in and year out is completely in the on the other end of the spectrum in regard to um what it used to be and uh, you know it sucks plain and yeah. simple yeah, it well, really does you know um i mean hopefully they've got the right people now to get them back to what we're used to or were used to um you know when we rolled out of bed <laughs> we had a good football team and we had a good right. football team for pretty much every year that Shula was here he only had two losing seasons the whole time yep. so you know, you, you watch the game Sunday, and you knew maybe you were playing a better team, but you also knew that we were equipped to win. Right, exactly. And maybe we would, maybe we wouldn't, but we were equipped to win. And that's really what you want. You want a team that's equipped to win, because most weeks they're going to. Well, not only win, Mike, but, but the possibility year in and year out, it was there yeah, sure. in regard to – winning playoff games and and getting deep into the playoffs and possibly getting into the Super Bowl. I know we fell short on numerous occasions because Buffalo stood in our way at times, so on and so forth. And but, we had some bad luck, but the bottom line was yes, we, were, we were a competitive, entertaining football team. Absolutely. You know, and when you look, you know, over the, I mean, you know, look at just the last 20 some odd years. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, it, when you look at the team year in and year out, including going into this season, and I, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but, you know, going into this season, I mean, is it realistic for us to expect them to, to maybe make a Super Bowl run and win the Super Bowl? Um, you know, I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer in regard to this, but I think, you know, that you know, we're, we're capable of, of making the playoffs and maybe, you know, winning a playoff game. But I don't think this team, you know, as, as we are right now, has the ability to do that. So, you know, my expectations for them, I hope, you know, they get exceeded by the football team. But, you know, I think that right now that, um, you know, my expectations are they're going to be pretty similar to what they were last year, you know, with the Defense possibly being much better, but, you know, the offense kind of being on par. So we'll see, you know, so expectations are, Mike, what they have been uh, maybe a little bit better the last couple of years than, than, when, than what they've had in the past. But we've been down this road before where we thought we put a really solid football team together in the offseason and we were building on something and then we kind of took, um, you know, a backspin. You know, many, after, times, yeah. many times, many times, many times. You know, just over the last five, six years, it's happened, and that's yeah. fair too. Because yeah. you know, the more I think about it, the expectation uh, from what we have seen, right, is that when it's crunch time, or when the game gets super physical, or when we have to win a game, we fold, make plays. Yep. I mean, Look, I, we know late in the season we're going to be in Buffalo, or we're going to be in New England, or we're going to be in New, New York, York, and yeah. and we've got to win those games. Yep. yep. San Diego, you know, Los wherever, yep. wherever, Pittsburgh, you know. <laughs> well, we know we're getting those division games late. That's, that's my point. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Wembley. <laughs> could be. <laughs> it could Head be. Head to Europe, baby. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All so, right. Anyway. Well, well, you guys pretty much answered it. I'm just going to say this. You know, it's pretty much like I said, you know, you, you turned on the TV and you knew that your team was going to be competitive on that Sunday. And very rarely were you disappointed that they weren't competitive. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's what you're looking for. I yep. mean, you know, then the game is fun. Yeah. Not only competitive, Mike, but you expected them. You expected them to win. Sure. Because I'll tell sure. you what, this team has been competitive. 
I mean, there's, it's not like they go out on Sundays and they're getting the shit kicked out of them. You know, they're, they're losing by 20, 30 points. I mean, last year, I mean, was there a game other than, say, the second half of the San Francisco game where, you know, we just got dominated? I mean, you know, it's... You know, the first three quarters of the Baltimore game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but were we dominated? I mean, we gave up a couple of long touchdowns, but it wasn't like they were going up and down the field and just killing right. us. I mean... You know, they had an opening kickoff for, you know, for touchdown. And uh, I think Jackson had like an 80-yard touchdown. But in between all that, you know, we were kind of hanging around. And then the offense got going. So, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe in that game. But I'm saying as a whole, you know, because you play four quarters. You know, if we start no, basing we, Lewis, it, we were a playoff team last year. Exactly. And right. deservedly so. Yep, exactly. I mean, but, you know, when you look at it competitive, you know, we have been competitive, even under Flores, Mike. I mean, we yeah, didn't we go out because, and get because embarrassed. Because we had the defense yeah. going. Yep. Okay. Um, Steve Medema asked, to his greatness and the fun of watching this offense do its thing in person. Well, I, you know, we went to the Cleveland game, and uh, it was fun. It was fun watching Tua, but I'm not ready to put Tua and great, greatness in the same sentence yet. Right. Uh, he's got to be great first. What in was his question, that, Mike? Was there a question there? Well, they're, they're, I'm getting to it. Uh, okay. th that's the first part of his statement. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just not formed properly into a, into a question. Okay. And I, like I said, I'm not ready to put Tua and greatness on the same sentence yet. In order for me to do that, he's got to be great. And I'm not talking about a small sample size in the beginning of the season. I'm talking about year, you know, year back to back to back. That's great. Mm -hmm. He's been good. He's not great. Mm -hmm. um, why is losing Kasiki addition by subtraction? And uh, McDaniel and his shoe collection, <laughs> and I have no idea about McDaniel's shoe collection other than what he says, so I'm not <laughs> going to touch that. As far as Kasiki and addition by subtraction, it's only addition by subtraction if you get a tight end in here who's better than Kasiki was. Well, I mean, Kasiki didn't, he was off the field quite a bit last year. I mean, yep. you know, when, when we would talk, you know, after football games, you know, realize that, you know, this guy was, I mean, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but there were games where he'd have one or three catches and he wasn't on the field an awful lot. So, I mean, you know, when you look at it and you go into this season and you're like, well, we don't have Gasicki anymore. It's like, well, you know, he didn't play like, I think 60 or 65% of, of the time last year, yeah. if not more. I mean, you know, it, maybe that's something we can look up for next week or whatever, but I can guarantee you it's got to be somewhere around that number to where he was only on the field, you know, maybe 30 to 35% of the time. So how much are you really losing, you know, in that situation? You know, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, maybe the, the threat of him in the red zone, but it wasn't like he was – how many touchdowns did he have last year? Three? I mean, yeah. you know, it, what are you losing? Not a lot. Not a lot. Matt Hawk's not going to like that, but not well, a lot. It, it is what it is. I mean, you know, it, under Flores and his offense, you know, Gasicki was a, a different player. But uh, for what we're doing now, he's, he's obviously not a good fit, and they don't want him. Simple as that. Or they mm -hmm. designed him. A lot of teams didn't want him, Mike. Well, that's another story. And we'll see what New England does with him. He also asks, why must Greer lock down Wilkins now and not wait? And the short answer is for uh, salary cap money. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Repeat that. I why it. is it important to lock Wilkins down now and not wait? Yeah. I mean, look, if we wait, it's going to cost more money. And yep. we do not want to take the, the L on this. We want to keep him here. And if you don't lock him up and he has another great year, the chances of him walking increase, you know, when he has a chance to taste free agency, the chances that he does not stay in Miami increase. So it's, if we want to keep him, it's important to get him locked up. And I, I'm not sure where they're at with it. I haven't heard a bunch of talk about it. So well, we'll see. Talk about yeah, it. we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we find a way to get him under contract for long term, and he sticks around. He's he's a great player, and he's a great player for our team. He's a great leader. Uh, love him, and really hope we can get him locked up. Listen, this this is a guy you have to have. Period. I mean, most important guy as far as I'm concerned at this point 
you know, where he's at in his career and what he's elevated himself to in regard to his level of football play, you have to have him. If you lose him, you're in a lot of trouble. I mean, it affects the whole defense. Personally, I think he's the most important guy to lock down right now among everybody, and that includes our quarterback. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. You have to have him on your defense. If you lose him, you're taking a big chunk of the middle of that field away. I mean, he helps Siler. He's going to help Phillips. He's going to help Ogba. I mean, those guys across the board are going to be better football players because of Wilkins and the way he plays. Got to have him. Because he's as good as he is, he gets more more attention, and it allows the guys next to him to eat. How about discussing the possibilities of the defense under Vic? The talent's there. The coaching's there. There's, there's no reason as to why they, they can't be. I've said this a few times over the last month that I think that they'll be the best defense in football this year if they stay healthy. You know, if everybody across the board stays healthy, the addition of the linebacker, the addition of the safety from Detroit, you know, the addition of obviously Ramsey and then Ogba coming back and hopefully being healthy. I mean, you know, we didn't have him last year. I mean, we had him for a few games and he was hurt. I mean, people don't realize how good this guy actually was. And you put him opposite uh, Phillips on on an every down basis, you know, with, with maybe another guy or two rotating in and out here and there. I mean, you're going <laughs> to, it's, it's, and I'll tell you what, behind, you'll have Chubb I behind mean, him. Just getting excited. Exactly. I haven't even talked about Chubb because, you know, I, I feel that, you know, I, I'm just not sold on him. You know, hopefully he, you know, he's going to learn the system and he's going to be a guy that's going to make a difference as well. What he looked slow to me at the yeah. end of last year. I don't know what the issue was, but you know, if if it means taking downs away from Phillips, I'm not for it by no means. You know, I mean, I want Phillips on the field as much as possible. Now, you know, the depth is there, though, you know, with a guy like Chubb. I mean, you look at the linebacking situation, you got Van Genkel, and, you know, you, you've just got the secondary if Needham comes back healthy and the way Kahoo played. I mean, this team is not only solid with their 11 starters, but there's four or five guys that aren't going to be starting on this football field that that can make a difference on a football team. And I mean, I just get ecstatic and very excited over the fact that, you know, Fangio is going to have this type of personnel to work with. I mean, I, I can't see them failing in any way, shape or form. I think they're going to carry this football team through this football season. So, you know, that's, that's what you that, hope, right? Well, I mean, you know, that, that's my hope. I mean, they, they're rock solid. And it, at, like I said, if they stay healthy, Mike, Daniel, I mean, you know, you're going to probably have the best unit in football. I don't think there'll be a better one. I definitely think that that is the ceiling. And the <laughs> bottom line potential is top 10 defense with top five almost surely. Like, that's the kind of excitement level that I have as well for Fangio coming in with this roster on the defensive side. Look, you know, you start talking about guys like like Sealer and Ogba also, you know what I mean? You start talking about the new linebacker, David Long, and a guy coming back like Trill Williams. There is a, a level of talent on this defense that Fangio coming in can absolutely change the dynamic and the trajectory of what our team can do not just our defense can do, right? And Bradley Chubb has already played for Fangio in that type of defense, in that schemed-up defense that Fangio had in Denver. So there's already the familiarity there. And I've got to be honest, man, I'm not sold on the carrying of the team. I think it's definitely possible. But I think that the two units... And their ceilings going hand in hand. This is why my expectations for this season are so high, right? This is why I think that we have the potential to make a deep run in the playoffs. Because we've seen flashes of what Steve said was greatness from Tua. And we've seen a high-flying offense at times last year that could put up points. Could play with anybody. 
And I don't care what anybody says. I mean, not only did we beat Buffalo once, but we had them. <laughs> we had them in our crosshairs to beat them in the playoffs too. And that was with Skyler, you know? So I, I, to answer the question though, with Fangio as the, the DC and as the guy who's making all the calls, uh, I top 10 for sure. Top 10 for sure. With the ceiling as being the number one defense in the league, like Lou said. All right. Speaking of Lewis. Uh-oh. I saved this question for him. Lewis, it's not worded great, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, what would it take record-wise and draft pick performance-wise from this year included for Greer to truly be on the hot seat? I think he's hit on some of... Uh, I think he's hit on some, but has swing and missed on uh, more, and he's not sure if a playoff appearance should be enough for him to count on another year. In other words, he's expecting the team to go further in the playoffs, and if they don't, is Greer going to be around? What is history showing us in regard to Greer? That he he's going to be around. <laughs> yeah. he, he has survived, you know. I mean, look. You know, I, I touched on this a little bit before, you know, and last week I touched on it as well. You know, you want, you know, we talk a lot about the offensive line. I've already mentioned that, the receiving position. You know, you need guys to come out of those middle rounds that are part of your football team that maybe develop and a little bit better football players than what you expected. And there's just too, and few, too few and far between in regard to those type of players. And in regard to our number ones, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's been some big, big mistakes there to where, you know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, bringing in Derrick Henry, you know, whereas we could have had a lot of really good running backs here already, you know, avoided, you know, worrying about that situation, even in free agency and signing guys and the three, three guys, whatever the case may be. Year in and year out, we keep bringing in running backs. Same situation. So, you know, in regard to Greer, uh, you know, people are excited about, you know, the the moves. You know, Tyreek Hill, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's a great football player. I mean, but, you know, you gave up. People have to understand that you gave up quite a bit. And, you know, time will tell in regard to whether this was worth it or not. Now, if we go into the playoffs this year and lose again in the first round and then next year it's much of the same, then w was the trade a good one? That's the question. You know, is Waddle the type of guy that you needed to trade up and is he going to be that big a difference maker going forward? You know, the other draft picks, you know, that we, that we have uh, drafted that aren't even in the same uh, you can't even talk about them as you do Waddle. You know, they've been big disappointments like, like Austin Jackson. These are the guys going forward, Igbenogany, Igbenogany. that yep. carry your football team. And, you know, he's got to take responsibility for the team and where we're at right now. Now, you know, when you look at teams like Kansas City, and you look at some of these other teams like Pittsburgh, who kind of went through a rebuild for a year or so, but they seem to be right back, you know, into the mix of things. Well, they've got a quarterback they're happy about. Quarterback, a running back. They've got some. They've got a great receiver there. You know, they're and they're doing it through the draft. I mean, you yeah. know, you're not seeing them going out and you know signing these free agents year in and year out. So you know, Greer and I said this a couple of weeks ago. I think me, you, and Daniel can sit in that booth or his office and do basically what he has done um, to an extent. I mean, there's been a lot of no-brainers. Do you have to get them here? Absolutely. You throw money at them. Florida's a very, you know, enticing state to play in, and we've discussed the reasons as and to the why no state it is. taxes and all the other nonsense. Of course. So we know all that. So, you know, teams, especially a veteran like Armstead, it makes sense, you know. So, you know, with all that being said, you know, I think that Greer has done an average job here at best, at best. Um, you know, if we see the Jets have a better season <laughs> than us this year. I know I'm being I'm being serious right I now. I won't Mike. be I happy mean, in Dolphinville, I can tell you. Exactly. I mean, because, you know, okay, yeah, great. We made the playoffs and they didn't last year, but going forward, you know, are they in a better position than we are?
you know, this is what you got to look at. You know, you look well, at if the, Aaron Rodgers comes in and plays at a high level. I'll let you answer that question. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't want to see them surpass us. You know, we were concerned about New England and the direction they were going in. And, you know, fortunately for us, you know, their, their free agent signings of a couple of years ago really didn't work for them at all. They went a different route than what they normally yeah, do. Yeah, Bill Belichick, the GM, is a lot like Shula, the GM. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, you know, they, they've fallen on their faces. Their draft picks haven't worked out as well. Yep. Um, and that has hurt them. They've had to go out and they've had to do basically what we have done for years, trying to fill holes with free agents. Um, you know, what so he's really good at is pulling, pulling somebody's discard and finding a role for them on his football team that works for that player. You're talking about Belichick right yes. now. Yes. Yeah. So to answer your question and, you know, I'll end this, Mike, um, you know, I, I think that he's been average at best. And if people think that he's going somewhere after this season, if in fact we make the playoffs and, and we don't win a playoff game, I don't think he is. You know, I, I would love to see them bring somebody else in because I, you know, I'm not a big fan of his. Everybody knows that. Um, I think he's hurt us in a million different ways with some of the moves he's made. So no, I think he's kind of married to Ross, you know? Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, I think, you know, if we got rid of both of them, we might be in a little bit better shape. There's no question about that. But, you know, as far as, you know, him, you know, surviving another year, you know, I think unless this team just falls on their face completely, he'll he'll be here again, you I know, agree. going in the next season. Yeah, yep. I think I think some of the moves that he's made outside of the draft alone are going to be enough to earn him another year. But, you know, talking about us being able to sit there and, and do a better job, I just got to say, Mr. Ross, if you're listening, we'll do it for a quarter of the price as well. So <laughs> I'll do it for free, Daniel. Yeah. Well, that's what well, you got one up on me. I, it would take a, a pretty penny to move my family down there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> penny that I don't have. Anyway, uh, I, I also – see the ups and the downs, the hits and the misses with Greer. At times I've been thrilled. And and at other times you just kind of scratch your head. Uh, when you look at the Tyreek Hill thing, you know, obviously we gave up a bunch of picks that we earned in other deals. And that could have been Noah Igbenogany's, you know, based on Greer's history in the draft. So I, I don't hate trading the picks for a proven player who is a difference maker I think he's put us in a position talent-wise on this team. You know, we was just talking about the depth of the defense. We obviously have some pieces on the offense that are not quite to the same quality as some of the depth we have on the other side of the ball, but I think he's put us in a position that we haven't really been at for a long time. And those are based on not only some of the moves that he's done, you know, outside of the draft, but also, a few of the ones that he has done in the draft, because some of our key guys are, are guys that we drafted, you know. Wilkins and Phillips. And, and Jalen Waddell and X and Van Ginkle and Javon Holland. So, while- uh, Slow down on Holland. Let's see it first. I'm, Javon Holland is a, is a stud. I'm just saying, so- But that, let's see it first. I, 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 I hate anointing players, you know, to the, to the Pro Bowl game before they- actually deserve it well you can see it you watch the guy play you can see it and now he hasn't i've been watching him play he's only been in the league two years so yeah we still need to see more. he hasn't been great daniel <sighs> well i think he took a step backwards last year i really do i mean i i saw him i think he was put in some really tough positions with all the injuries last year and doing some Absolutely. things that were outside of his wheelhouse so you know pump the brakes I'd on that, that a little bit but I, I can understand we're not naming him to the to the all pro team. So but I'm just saying, like, these are guys who are key cogs to our wheels, right? Jerome Baker, while he's not the best linebacker in the league, he has played a valuable role and been very valuable for us. So there's some good, there's some bad, there's some terrible misses, and those stand out worse than the, the hits. You know, the the misses hurt. And and that's why it hurts so bad, Lou, because they hurt. Those misses hurt. They hurt because of when they took place. Yeah, absolutely. Right in the key moments, the ones yes. that we needed those guys to hit, they didn't. They so, should be the core of your team right now, and they're not. 
The, not, right. We got two guys that may not, you know, that came out of that yeah. draft that may not even be on the football team. hundred percent. Uh, well, let me on it this year. The question is, will they next year? And I would say probably not. I hundred percent. So, Mike, agree. you're thinking Igbenogany is definitely on this football team. Yeah, he's this a year? cheap player. I, Mike, I, I look at the depth. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm I mean, not. So I don't sure. know. But um, most likely, go ahead. I, I think I we'll agree see. with Mike. Right. Most likely, he sticks around because of how cheap he is. But when you can't get on the field, uh, it doesn't matter how cheap you are. Yep. You know, you, you look you look at the team, right? And 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 you, you you go position by position, and you see, you know, exactly where we're at and the depth, you know, that we have at some positions. You know, I, I feel that the defense is pretty solid, but you know, guys, we're, we're a couple of injuries away on the offensive side from, from really being in trouble. And, um, yeah, if they come at the tackle spot, certainly. (laughs) Well, Mike, it's not only the tackle position, it's a tight end position. If you lose a guy like Smythe, where are you going? We know, we know we're probably going to bring in a, uh, offensive lineman and and a tight end. So. Right, but are they going to be, you know, guys that yeah, are who knows? That's that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, d- you only have so many draft picks, and you only have so many spots right now. Now, you know, you look at the wide receiver position. We're in the same boat. If we lose a Waddle or a Hill, you know, either one of them, you know, you start to get in trouble there. You're like, man, yep. you know, we're we're in some trouble. Yeah, here. the depth well, falls off quick. They've already chosen the replacement. <laughs> the, the chosen, pinch. the chosen guy. Sorry, oh boy, that sorry. was bad. Sorry, that was bad. That yeah, was it bad. was. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Very bad. It was uh, Benny. What was his name, Mike? That old comedian, Benny Benny Goodman. Yeah, bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know, you, you look at the team, and um, you know, you, you just you just gotta hope that everything works out. We stay healthy. And Tua, you know, steps up, and and that's the bottom line across the that's board. The bottom you line, you know, staying those. healthy, and you know, and Tua stepping up because everything else is in place. You know, it it it's a matter of depth. You know, and I think that you know, once we lose a guy or two, it, it's such a drop off. And I I know a lot of teams deal with this, but they have enough talent to overcome. You well, know? So do we. Yeah, I, at some point, Mike. You know, you, you look at Kansas City, you know, I'll, I'll always go back to them. And I know, you look we've at talked the about it. They lose receivers, and they've got guys like Kelsey and guys like Mahomes and people like that that just completely step up and take over games. Listen, if you've got the best quarterback in the game, and for right now he is and yep. has been, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it makes things a hell of a lot easier. We don't have that luxury. It does, Mike, but you know, we've seen quarterbacks getting their have their weapons taken away that become very average. You right. know, so But Mahomes not, is not that guy. No, it's not only about the quarterback. It's about, you know, some of the other players and, and what they bring to the table. Kelsey's another guy, right? Kells, absolutely. You know, it's one guy or another, you know, and you can go across the board on some of these teams that are in the playoffs year in and year out. You know, guys always seem to step up and always put them in a position, you know, to to be where they need to be come playoff time. So, you know, we have to see that. Bill and Waddle can't allow themselves to be taken out of the game. You know, I haven't dove in on the the Kansas City conversation when we've had it in the past podcast but and, and I don't want to now but you know in the future if we want to uh, this is a hill that I'd fight you on because they have Kelsey and Mahomes and everybody else they drafted is meh period on the offensive side of the ball and that's just the truth the guys that they bring in on the offensive line are all all Mahomes is a flat out playmaker <laughs> and, and I know when we talk about you know maybe it, they draft well well I'm not 100% sure they do. Uh, they they got lucky with Mahomes and, and Kelsey, both generational and their, coach, their coach isn't too bad. And either. they have a coach who knows what the shit he's doing. So yep. anyway. Well, Pacheco was pretty damn good, Daniel. And where was he drafted? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they took a running back in the first round the year before, and he's lucky he to make the team. He can't stay healthy. He'll be yeah, lucky well, to make the team. So even before he got hurt, he wasn't what they wanted so it happens man it, it happens and 
you know, they haven't had the greatest history drafting offensive linemen. Okay, Don Taylor asks, the offensive line, Taron Armstead working with Austin Jackson and Eichenberg's development, are we drafting his replacement or competition? <laughs> Eichenberg's development? It, where, where was that development? I, 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 I didn't see him develop. Well, he's in any- the process of being developed. <laughs> you know, I've still got some hope for Eichenberg. I, I think yeah, I've lost I mean, all hope with Austin Jackson. I think we, it's going to be important that we continue to bring pieces in on the offensive line because we know Armstead has the history of being hurt. He didn't stay healthy again last year. This is a position that could be the downfall. Uh, this the offensive line positions. It it could be the downfall of our season. This is the, the position group that worries the hell out of me. Yep. Yep. It, yeah, and you know Always what, guys, is. you you may very well be right. This 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 is the. You know, this is the position or the, you know, the, uh, the group of players that we need to worry about the most. But I will say this. I mean, Eichenberg uh, didn't do much developing last year, right? No. And, and Austin Jackson was pretty much he was a, non, a, he was, yeah. non-factor and hurt right. all last year. But if, and this is a big if, if these guys develop into what the Dolphins thought they had when they drafted them, this could be a really, really good unit. I mean, a really good unit. And th- that's a big if. And I'm it's not saying, if. right, I'm not saying that that is going to be the situation. But we didn't really get to see Austin Jackson an awful lot last year. So maybe maybe he comes back and he surprises the hell out of us. Now, Eichenberg, we did see quite a bit out of <laughs> before he got hurt. And it was not good. I mean, it was worse than his rookie season. So. You know, well, you, you know, it's a lot easier to get competition for a guard than it is a tackle. Yeah, I mean, you know, so you know, you have guys, and again, people this, don't let the good ones go. Is my point. Right. You know, Th- these are guys that have to be there for you, right? They have to be. I mean, they have to step up. Both of them. They were both high draft picks, and this this is why they were drafted, and this is a time in their careers where, you know, they have to do it. You know, and it seems like we've been saying this about Austin Jackson in the last two off seasons. Well, this will be off season three. Eichenberg, this is season three for him. You know, he's got to step up. So, you know, this this reverts back to our draft picks. You know, these are the type of guys that have to develop into what we expected them to be or else we're going to be in some trouble. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, I like hearing That's the bottom line. Uh, sorry, sorry, Mike. <laughs> no, I jumped. What, what did you say? I, I like hearing you speak on the bright side of things, Lou. You know, you talk about maybe these guys develop into exactly what the Dolphins wanted them to be. I like hearing that kind of stuff. And actually, I, I do have some hope, I suppose. You know, we have an offensive line coach this year who's not going to necessarily steal Frank Smith's attention away. Somebody who can handle the See, Daniel, you like hearing own. it. We like seeing it. <laughs> well, that's true as well. I, I want to see it. But, you know, you don't hear Lou talk on the bright side too often, so I like to hear that. Well, I, Good job I'm going to tell – thank you. I'm going to tell you this, guys. I mean, I've heard both of you guys talk about bringing in this and bringing in that. You know, well, we're going to bring in a tackle. We're going to bring in this. We're going to bring Well, they in need that. one for depth, I think. That's why I said it. Right, but it's not – those guys – what I'm getting at is is that the guys that are in-house, we have a better shot at them being guys that we can depend upon rather than guys that are going to be kind of off the scrap heap here, okay? Um, you know, that's the way I look at it. You know, I don't see a tackle or an offensive lineman falling into our lap that's going to make a difference on this football team. I just don't see it. It doesn't happen. Well, I mean, it'll, it'll be, it'll be some 33-year-old. Well, that's, that's my whole point. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think, Mike, there's enough depth is what I'm getting at on this football team. Um, it's the guys that are internal that are going to have to make the difference. And, you know, that's why they were drafted. That's why they're here going back to that. So, you know, when we, when we look at this team and we look at where they're at now and we look at the amount of draft picks we have, there's going to be very little change, I think. You know, you're not going to see, you know, guys that are brought in as free agents make a difference on this team. Those few draft picks, you know, hopefully they do a good job of getting guys in here that that at least contribute, right? 
because we've gotten too many draft picks early on that just have not even contributed in the least. I mean, you know, very, very minimal contribution from them. So hopefully that changes. And that goes to Tyndale and and guys like that as well, you know, that were draft picks that just have, I mean, just nothing. You know, we talked about Phillips in his rookie season, and and I told you then, I don't get concerned when a rookie doesn't come in and and doesn't win a job right right away, unless you have a bum in that spot. You know what I mean? But Mike, I'm not talking about winning a job. I'm talking about being doing something, you know, well, on, on your special football teams, team. I believe. How good were our special teams last year, Mike? You well, complained about them the whole player. season. <laughs> <laughs> if he's part of that unit, he's part of the problem. Yeah, he's one eleventh of it, you know. <laughs> and you complained over and over again about how bad our special teams, and you they were absolutely atrocious. right. They were, and he's part of that. And as you talk about it all the time, guys that are drafted in those situations are are your special teams players so they they have failed yep. in that at you know in that aspect yep. as well so you know these guys have to contribute in it, whether it be on special teams or whatever the case may be you look at Van Ginkel right when he came out of the you know came out of the draft he made plays he, he you right know he, he wasn't yep. a starter per se but but, but he he, he made yep. contributions and that's why i love the fact that they brought him back because He's a guy that makes plays and he contributes, but there's too many guys that bring just nothing to the table other than eat up a roster spot. There's just too many of that. I and, got one more know. question, Lewis. Go ahead. <laughs> Paul Ford asks, who, who do you think is our team leader? It's tough to be one on the bench. It's been a while since we had a true field generally. Now that I think about it, maybe Fitz, how, how long and who you got? My, I think I think Wilkins is a leader on this team, and regardless of the fact that he's been kind of banged up, I think you've seen Tua taking more of a leadership role now. I agree on both counts. I don't, that would have been my answer. I don't know that Tua is quote-unquote field general because he, he went from leader to field general, so I think I see where he was going with that. But I, I do think that those guys are the leaders of this team right now. Yeah, that takes time. Yep. The field general thing takes time. Yep, yep. In regard to Tua, there were times where I, I was really excited about what I saw out of him on the field. You know, aggressive. You know, he, he, he looked confident. I was like, wow, this guy's developing. He's going in the right direction, going in the right direction. And then it, it kind of changed. And, and I mean, just overnight, you know, he went well, he, into yeah, games. He, he regressed a little bit last he, year he from felt, the start of the season. He felt, it, it seemed like he was like overwhelmed by the situations. I mean, some of the games, I mean, you know, the three, what game was it where he had a Green Bay game where yeah. he had the three or four? I mean, it was like, come on, man, pick your head up. Forget about it and go back well, out there. Well, there was a big question of whether he had a concussion at that point, and later on we found out he did. So I think he got to kind of give him a pass for the Green Bay game. All right. Then we can revert to San Francisco. Yep. Or we can revert to San Diego. One way or another, we can revert to Pittsburgh. You know, there were games where he was bad. He didn't show any kind of confidence whatsoever, and that is concerning. So in regard to being a field general – um, it, when you look at the offensive side and you look around that team, it's like, I mean, can, can somebody, you know, Armstead. on that team, Armstead, Hill. anybody, I don't know if Armstead's the right guy either. Hill, I don't know if he's the right guy either. He just likes to go out there and he likes to do his job. He's a fun guy, but I don't know if he wants to be the in-your-ass guy. You know what I mean? That's going to yep. say, hey, yep. you know, like a Marino. Marino, if, you, if the offensive line wasn't playing well or the receivers weren't doing what they were supposed to, then he let them have it. And you could see it. You know, he did it over and over again. You know, I hate reverting back to Kansas City, but you got Mahomes, who's, you know, just intense on every play. Kelsey is, is just a guy that just brings it to the table. And he's like, you know, he's hey, good. let's go. You know, that's what you need. Now, on the defensive side, Daniel hit it right on the button with Wilkins. I mean, he's definitely the guy. He's a shit talker. You know, he, he takes, it, it's, he's a no-nonsense guy. You know, the team, you know, excel, you know, they, they kind of, they, they just follow his lead. You know, Baker and guys like that, you know, they just go out there, they do their job. It's same with X-Man. They go out there, they just do their job. Wilkins is, is a difference maker. And Siler, you know, to an extent, 
is a guy that gets very fired up as well. Yep. You know, so you need those type of guys. Those are the type of guys that you see, um, you know, just basically, you know, setting, setting the tone on that side of the football. We need somebody on the offensive side to do just that, you know, and a guy. Well, a guy but like I definitely Jared. think, too, is the leader of the offense, and I think you grow into the field general. I don't think he's quite there yet. No, he's definitely not. So that, like I said, that that comes with experience and time, and really, really getting your team to buy into you, you know, being able to get the job done. And uh, I think he's working on it. We'll see what happens. Um, so, guys, is there anything else? I got nothing. Let's. Uh, I'm, we got the draft next I, week. I do I? I was gonna say I got nothing except for enjoy the draft, gentlemen. I know we'll be watching. We'll be watching very excited. Well, we'll be back Wednesday. We will. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, we got another. We got another show first. Yeah, X. Well, everything I, I didn't said. even realize the draft was upon us, yeah, guys. Next I Thursday. didn't realize it was next week. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, wow. you've had your head. You've had your head elsewhere. I won't say where. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's all coming to an end very, very soon. Uh huh. But um, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. You know, we uh, we got pick number fifty-one as it stands right now. Correct. Yes. Yeah. What are the chances, guys, real quick, and I know we could talk about this next week, but what do you you guys think in regard to the chance of us trading that pick 51 and trading our number one the following year to move up in this draft? Nah, I don't see that happening. You don't see it? No. If if something doesn't happen with Tua this year, they're going to need that first round. Yeah, pick, so. I, yeah, I don't think it would be wise. I, th- I mean, they may move up, but I wouldn't be trading a number one. Well, pick let me ask you this: and I could see I him mean, trading because- that fifty-one for for a proven player. You know, I could see that as well, but I don't expect us to give up any twenty-four picks. Well, let me ask you this: so you know, if and I don't know if there is because I haven't followed. You know, I don't I don't know who the bigger quarterbacks are, but since you mentioned Tua. If there's a quarterback there that is just a guy that they feel really strong about, do they pull the trigger? No. If he's still there no. at some point. No. No. No, you're not going to do that to Tua. Got it. Very good. All right. Thanks for joining me, guys. It's fun. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And fins up. Fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. Podcast Network.